What is up, guys? Scuba Steve here, bringing you the very, very first episode of my podcast, Somewhat Supernatural. I want to thank all of you that are tuning in, and those of you that are going to tune in, I want to thank you. Um, <clears throat> this, the world of the paranormal is something that is very close to me, and I decided, you know, along with, with TJ, hey, let's do something, you know, to bring the world of the paranormal to a podcast. So with Somewhat Supernatural, you know, um, it, it's designed specifically for those of you who love anything paranormal. We're going to talk about ghosts. We're going to talk about UFOs, shadow people, skinwalkers. If it's paranormal, you can bet that I will cover it at some point in time. Um, but the show's not just for me. The show is for you guys to be interactive in the chat with each other and converse with me as well, you know, as part of the show. Um, I kind of want to bring that whole campfire vibe to a podcast, you know, because back in the day, what greater way was there to get people frightened than to tell them a ghost story, you know, and everybody has a ghost story to tell. So that is the goal that I have for this podcast. Um, you know, things that go bump in the night, everybody's experienced something, you know, whether it's it's a ghost that you've seen or that you've heard or you've seen something strange in the sky. And that's that's really what I want to talk about, you know. So not only do I want to talk about my experiences, I also want to talk about your experiences. So if you guys, you know have something that has happened to you, feel free, throw it in the chat and, you know, we can go off topic. It doesn't have to, you know, specifically stick to what the main topic is. If you guys have something you want to talk about, throw it in the chat. We'll fucking talk about it, you know? Um, but before we get any of this rolling, I just want to say thank you. Huge, huge thank you out to TJ Bowser for getting me to do this. Um, you know, we tossed the idea around it's been it's been a few months that we tossed this idea around and we finally decided on a date and a date that worked for me. Um, and so here we are now, the very first episode of Somewhat Supernatural. Um, you know, without without TJ, none of this would be possible. So thank you again, TJ, for you know the opportunity. So Let's get this show on the road. So for those of you that don't know me, I have co-hosted on Gornmore a couple of times. I am Scuba Steve. Um, I am a paranormal investigator. I do have a group called Dark Side Paranormal. Um, I work for my local school district. Um, I, I've done a whole bunch of stuff. You know, I, I, I've got a lot of stuff under my belt. So with that being said, my passion is paranormal, you know? Um, I've, I've seen stuff all my life. I've had things occur that are unexplainable, even in my adult life. Um, I did do paranormal investigations years ago, something attached itself to me and I stopped doing them. It, it physically took a toll on me for about three months where I would wake up completely drenched in sweat at three o'clock in the morning every night. And I'm not talking about just, oh, you know, sweaty because the house is hot. I'm talking about sweaty, drenched in sweat, like if somebody poured water on me. So at that point is when I decided that, hey, I'm going to step away from this. Um, I had to visit somebody to help me detach what was on me. And, you know, things got better after that. 
So I, I did step away for a long time from, you know, anything paranormal. Somebody said, Hey, let's go. You know, I hear this is haunted. Let's go. Nah, I'm not going to do it. And, and I didn't for a long time. And I recently got back into it with my group, Dark Side Paranormal. Um, we've done uh, a bunch of investigations already so far. We do have a plan to put these out for you guys to see in a show form. Um, but that's, you know, later. So um, also, I'm a cosplayer, of course, of course. Love cosplaying. I uh, love horror films. Um, I'm an all-around nerd. And, uh, you know, so I feel that you guys will like what we're doing here, you know, for somewhat supernatural. So, oh, what's up, Brody? Brody, the man. How's it going, man? I just looked over at the chat and saw you there, brother. Sorry. So, like I said, we're going to talk about the hat man. Those of you that do not know who the hat man is or what the hat man is about, um, he's a shadow entity that is seen all over the world. It's not just, you know, people have seen him here and there. It's not, you know, hey, I, I saw him one time. No, like this is something that has been seen around the world a lot of times by many people. I myself have had run-ins with him and it's, it's usually with uh, sleep paralysis. You know, when, when you see shadow people, it, it usually involves sleep paralysis, which, you know, I, I have had on multiple occasions. Um, but some people have seen him without sleep paralysis. The first time that I saw him, there was no sleep paralysis involved. And we'll, we'll talk about that here in a bit. But, you know, um, I just I just feel like this topic is something that many people will 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 get because many people have seen this and you may not even know that you've seen him. Um, but if you've ever suffered from sleep paralysis, more than likely you have seen him or one of his minions um, because they come in many different forms, you know, black shadows that have no discernible features. All you see is the outline and the outline of the hat man looks kind of like an old school 1940s detective style. You know, he's got the fedora, he's got the trench coat. Other times he has a top hat or a cape, but it's all the same entity. He just appears different to, you know, other to different people. So, you know, th this, this top that actually one of the very, very first things that I ever saw that I can remember seeing as a child was the hat man. And I had no idea that anybody else had ever seen him. Had no clue. Um, I did tell my parents a couple of times that, you know, I saw stuff and, you know, Hey, it's just a overactive imagination. Yes. TJ. Yes. Great production on this. Want to say once again, thank you to my producer, TJ Bowser, the host with the motherfucking most. So, you know, I, uh, they, they attributed it to me being a very, very imaginative child. And it, it wasn't that. It wasn't that at all. I know what I saw. I know what I heard. And it wasn't just my imagination. And like I said, it's usually when you see the hat man, it is accompanied by sleep paralysis. 
But in this case, the very first time I saw him, there was no sleep paralysis involved. He um he appeared while a cousin of mine and I were watching the Thriller music video. And I don't know if my cousin remembers this at all. Uh, we were, I mean, we were young, young. I want to say I was maybe about four years old. Um, but we were at her house and we were in the very back room and the neighborhood we grew up in it's three streets. Okay. So it's the three streets of neighborhoods. There's houses, but then it's surrounded by cornfields. So if you live on either outer street, your backyard is connected to the cornfield. So my cousin's house was on the street that the backyard faced the cornfield. So we're sitting there, we're watching thriller and, you know, just amazed at the graphics. And it was so scary because as kids, you know, zombies and stuff were horrifying but it was michael jackson so hey it wasn't that scary but it was kind of scary that right there in the corner that just popped up that is the hat man so i turn around and i look out the window because i just get this weird feeling that something is watching like i just you know you've everybody's had that feeling so i turn around i look out the window now mind you this was back in the 80s so we had the windows open the doors were open it wasn't a big deal and when I turn around and I look, that is exactly what I see standing in the backyard. Outline, you see the hat, trench coat, and he was just standing there. Now, he was a ways back. He wasn't like right up on the window or anything. He was a ways back. And I just remember getting chills and it just, you know, the worst feeling I had ever had. And so I turned to my cousin and I'm trying to talk and nothing's coming out. And finally, I'm like, hey, there's somebody in the backyard. And she looks, she doesn't see anybody, but I look again and he's standing right there. So we go tell my older cousin, he goes out there with his BB gun, like a BB gun was going to do anything. But hey, we were kids. We didn't know. He was a little bit older than us. So we go out there. There's nobody out there. There's nothing there. But you get this real smell of like, uh, it, it was like, if somebody stepped in dog shit, it honestly is what it smelled like. So we go back inside, whatever. My parents come pick me up. I go back home. You know, that, that was the very first time that I did see the hat man. Um, and it just, it scared the living shit out of me. I mean, I was scared for a long time to go to my cousin's house, you know, and even now as an adult, I passed by there and I still can remember everything that I saw, you know? And it, it it replays in my head like, you know, like a movie, because I remember exactly how, even being that young, I remember exactly what occurred on that night. So I'm going to give you guys a little history about the hat man. So the hat man or the hat devil, he's a worldwide pheno phenomenon. Witnesses have reported uh, that he's a man in a fedora style hat and a trench coat. Think of like the creeper from Jeepers Creepers, just a little bit skinnier. Um, but he's also been, you know, like I said earlier, he's been reported as a shadow entity wearing a top hat with a cape instead of a coat. So, yeah, man, Brody, that's 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 what I mean, man. Brody just put in the chat right now that um, he's had sleep paralysis three times his whole life and saw a figure standing in the corner of his room uh, by the door. Out of the three times, he saw a man and a woman. The woman is a different story, he said. But yeah, Brody, you know, I, it's um, 
it, it does come with sleep paralysis and there are different entities that you will see. One of them's a hag. Um, and she does have some discernible features, you know, that'll be on a later episode that we talk about the hag, but I, I've seen, I've seen a hag before it, you know, during my sleep paralysis as well. Um, also, you know, um, different, different entities and whether they're the same as the hat man, I can't say, I don't know because I don't know what the hat man is exactly, but it could be the same energy. It could be the same creature just in a different form, you know, um, as with spirits, the hat man is always, always seen. He's just standing there. He just stands there. Um, there have been cases where people say he does get up in their face and they can see his features and stuff. And I've never, I've never seen that. I've never had that happen to me at all. Um, but he, uh, He's just very, 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 it's a very frightening figure because he does come in pitch black and you can still see him. Like you can still see him in the darkness. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter how dark it is. It is like the darkest dark that you will see him and you see his outline and it's, it's, it's horrifying. Um, but unlike a ghost though, which sometimes has visible peach features, the hat man's usually a shadowy dark outline. And like I said, it's the darkest darkness you've ever seen. There's no details except the outline of his hat and his coat. Um, in one of the documentaries that I saw on Amazon Prime about the hat man, uh, there were people saying that they actually saw faces, you know, his face. And the way they described him and the way they drew him, he kind of looked like that uh, Jeff the Killer, that creepypasta Jeff the Killer. And I just... Like I said, I've never seen his face, so I can't say that's what he looked like. But from that documentary towards the end is what they were saying that he looked like. Um, but I can't say from personal experience that, yes, that's what he looks like. Um, he's not always reported as harmless because on a few occasions he has instilled sheer terror in those that have seen him, mostly during episodes of sleep paralysis. So sleep paralysis, if you have ever experienced sleep paralysis, it fucking sucks. You can't move. You're awake, but you cannot move. If you've ever had a dream where you can't move and you can't talk and you're just so scared, you're probably experiencing sleep paralysis. It's not a dream. You, your mind is awake, but your body can't move. And the only way to stop that is to try to move something. You got to concentrate, you know, move your pinky, move your toe, something, and then boom, you're out of the sleep paralysis. And, you know, you wake up like, holy shit, was that a dream? Or did that really happen? No, it really happened. You experienced sleep paralysis. Um, so we got Corey Kaufman. Corey Kaufman, what's up, brother? He says, not sure if mine was sleep paralysis, but I have two distinct occasions as a kid in my house growing up, age four, 11. The weirdest thing is the thing, and it's burned into my brain. Compelling stories for sure. Well, man, I mean, it, it if it if you experienced, like I said, the fear where you can't move and you can't talk and you can, you just can't get anything out. It's sleep paralysis, man. And, and it is it scientific? Yeah, but there's 
other things that you see that just can't be ex explained scientifically. So a lot of people attribute it to, you know, oh, well, did you take drugs or did you do this or did you do that? No, like, you know, every time I have sleep paralysis, it will happen anytime that I sleep on my back. 100% guarantee that if I sleep on my back, I will have sleep paralysis. And I, I don't, I don't sleep on my back. I sleep on my left side facing the wall because I know that I'm not going to have sleep paralysis. And if I do, Hey, I wake up, I'm facing the wall. Nothing's going to be looking at me, you know, but it's, it, it's a very scary thing that occurs. And I mean, it's, it's been going on for, for, for a long time. I mean, it, it's not just something here, you know, in, in the United States, you know, um, it's Canadian Inuit and Japanese both have terms, you know, for, for sleep uh, paralysis. I'm not even going to attempt to try to pronounce them, but even the, you know, the native Americans, they have a legend about a similar entity that was kind of like the, uh, the hat man. So, you know, so if you've ever woken up and haven't been able to move or sleep, you know, or you see something out the corner of your eye, you see something standing there watching you from your closet or your doorway, you know, and it just keeps getting darker and darker and darker. Well, more than likely it's the hat man or one of his goons. Um, numerous people have woken to a shadow figure looming over them. You know, uh, you, you wake up from the sleep paralysis and there's, you know, just darkness right on your chest and you can't do anything. You're trying to scream, you're, tr you know, but nothing's coming out. Um, and, but like I said, it's a worldwide phenomenon and it's not a new one. You know, as long as there's been written record, people have described in some form a nighttime vision accompanied with paralysis that seems to suck the life right out of you and fill it with the worst fear that you have ever had. So it's 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 a scary thing that happens, you know, but like I said, there, there's scientific reasons for it, but science can't explain everything. That's why we have paranormal stuff, you know? And when I go on my side, you know, on my investigations, if we go and we hear something or we see something or we capture something on footage, it's not always like, Hey, you know, Oh my God, we caught a ghost. We always try to figure out what it could be beforehand before we say, you know, Oh, it's something paranormal because there's a lot of people that go out they don't know what they're looking for. They see, you know, like a speck of dust light up or something or a bug fly in front of the camera. And they're like, oh, my God, it's a ghost. I really I, I'm really the kind of investigator that really, really doesn't believe in orbs. Are there orbs? I have seen orbs. Yes. But I still find it very, very hard to believe. I'm more for the solid evidence. Orbs aren't going to get me right away. But if it's accompanied with something else, then, you know, hey. I can't explain it. It's paranormal, you know, because I do do my research. We do our research as a team. And, you know, it, like I said, if we can't explain it, then I mean, maybe somebody else can explain it. But if they can't, then the only logical reason is because it's paranormal. Now, there are people that say, oh, there's no such thing as ghosts, you know, your energy, blah, 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 whatever. You know, everybody can believe whatever they want to believe. I believe what I want to believe. And I believe that, yes way there are spirits you know we're gonna go check the chat real quick because i see it blowing up right here well let's see what Corey said Corey said i don't know if i feared not moving but was surely stuck in bed both times watching it happen almost like it was happening 
when others that came to see what the issue is, they can't see it, but I can. Would enjoy discussing it sometime with you and give your thoughts. Oh, oh, we should call Kaufman. And that'd be cool. See, I, I didn't think about this stuff beforehand. You know, we need to set up like a hotline. I need to set up like the Scuba Steve Supernatural hotline. And then you guys can call in and then we can talk to you over the air. Yes, that'd be awesome. So let's see. Why would you want your back to whatever is there? Well, you know, I would rather not look at it. You know, it, what's it going to, it can't take me. I mean, that I do know for sure, you know, and if it does, hey, whatever. At least I didn't see it coming. Let's see what it says here. Johnny Hempseed, what's up, brother? It says, I'm glad you went into the link between Hatman and the other shadow figures a little bit. I love this stuff, dude. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. Thank you for joining all of you. Thank, thank you so much because, you know, I, I, I'm doing this not just because I like to hear myself talk. I do like to hear myself talk, but I'm doing this because, like I said, everybody has a paranormal story, something that has happened to them. You know, there's tons of stuff I could talk about, but we would just go off topic, you know? Um, But it's just, it's insane the amount of things that people have seen that are unexplained. And so this show is an outlet for that. So, you know, I love that you guys are here. I love that you're, you know, telling your stories in the chat and I will do my damnedest to read everybody's stories. And, you know, for, for the listeners that are going to listen to the audio only version, I'm going to read everything, you know, I'm just not going to stray off topic and not tell y'all what's going on, you know, because I know you guys aren't going to be able to see what's going on in the chat, but you should, and you should join the show live. But if you do listen to it afterwards, I still thank you. I thank you very much. So let's see. Michelle said, Spirits entered through your back. Sorry that's in early. My cat seems to like your voice and is rubbing on my phone. Well, you know, I do have effect with the uh, feline species. What can I say? We got Ben DeLeon in the chat. My brother Ben, how's it going, man? He says, Ben says, I have experienced sleep paralysis before. The last time was when I moved into a house with my ex-wife. Well, there you go. It was your ex-wife. I mean, I okay, I'll be nice. I'll be nice. I saw a light around the door to the bedroom, and when the door opened, I saw something I can only describe as a demon. There was such a horrible feeling of terror that when I finally snapped out of it, I was shaking. When I turned on the light, there was a worm in the middle of the room out of nowhere. Oh, damn. That I've... I've okay, so usually with demons, I try to steer clear of that. Um which I'm probably going to fuck myself tomorrow because I do have an investigation tomorrow night at one of the most haunted cemeteries in Texas, the Martha Chapel Cemetery. If you guys want a good read, look up the Martha Chapel Cemetery in Texas. That is where my ass will be heading tomorrow. The road leading up to the cemetery has been nicknamed Demon Road because there's a lot of crazy shit that's that's, that's happened, possessions, Crazy things, but the team and I we're heading up there tomorrow just to see if we'll see what happens. Hopefully, I don't, you know, bring back any demons or anything. Oh, Robofuck, what's up, Robofuck, you sexy bitch? Robofuck, how's it going, my friend? Corey says, there is a hotline for damn sure. Well, well then. 
TJ, TJ Bowser, the man, the host with the most. I'm eating cold Arby's and listening to this handsome man. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I trimmed. I trimmed the beard. You know, it was real scruffy and stuff. I, I trimmed up a little bit. My daughter said I looked old, so I had to. It says, listening to the handsome man talk about spooky shit. Does it get any better than this? It could get better if I got naked, but that's for the OnlyFans podcast. <laughs> Just kidding. Brody Kane says that would be awesome because I'd love to tell you my story about a woman haunting me that still freaks me out to this day. I still can't believe it happened to me. Well, you know what? I was discussing with TJ earlier that I want to get you guys on the show. Uh, Brody, I definitely want to bring you on the show um, as a guest because I feel that, I mean, Australia, you're in Australia. Any story that comes from Australia has got to be mind blowing. And for me, I just think, think of the, the history of Australia. You know what I mean? There's got to be some fucked up hauntings there that, that happened. So most definitely I would love to get you guys on here as guests, as guest hosts, you know, we'll line, we'll line something up guys. I promise we will line something up and I will try to feature as many of you as I can, because the more the merrier, you know, if we can sit here and we can talk, you know, for an hour about, supernatural stuff hey that is this just beautiful it's just, it's just beautiful so let's see taryn says i've heard such great oh oh thanks thanks taryn i love i love robofuck he's my favorite he's my favorite oh shit ladies and gentlemen we got mike salazar from dark side paranormal in the house on the chat right now he will be my guest in just a bit we're going to be talking about some other paranormal stuff, so we're going to sway off topic for a little bit. Hey, it's my show. I do what the fuck I want, right? Yeah, I see. And that's my thing. I'm like, man, I got to stick to this. I, I don't got to stick to shit. This is my show. As long as you guys are entertained, that's all that matters, right? But we will get back to the topic of the hat, man. I promise. After we read a few more comments. So Ben says, and you remember, oh, yeah. So Ben says, you remember the face in the picture I sent you. So Ben and his new lovely wife, who I... I married them. I performed the ceremony. I was I was really happy. Sandra and Ben. I got I, you know because I am ordained Reverend Scuba Steve, by the way. So if anybody wants to get married in a crazy way, hit this guy up. So he sent me a picture. Um, he had set up. I, I want to say it was like pumpkins or something in in his kitchen, and they took a picture of it in the dark. And when you zoom in, there's a fucking face there. Very creepy fucking face. We still haven't gone to investigate Ben's apartment, and I apologize for that, Ben. We didn't throw you to the back burner or anything. We just kind of have other stuff going on right now. But I love you, and I'm gonna. We're gonna go check it out. I promise. We're gonna go check it out. So, oh shit! What up, Mel? How you doing, man? You doing good, girl? You doing good? You doing good? So let's see. Michelle said, I told you guys before about my kid, but since we're having story time, I'll share with everyone. Go for it. Share your story, Michelle. But yeah, Brody, uh, I definitely want to get you on. Mike, did you get to the link yet, Mike? The link that I sent you? We can go ahead and bring Mike on right now if he's in the waiting room. Um, if he is on there, I would like to introduce my guest for the very first episode of Somewhat Supernatural, my paranormal brother from another mother. Mike Salazar, who is one of our lead investigators for Dark Side Paranormal. 
uh, go to that link that I sent you in your chat, Mike. If you're not on there yet, don't rush me. This is my show. You're on my time, motherfucker. So Michelle said, backstory, I saw shadow people when I was a kid. Fast forward to my own kid. She came out of the bathroom saying, God damn it, over and over and over. When I asked her where she heard it, she said the shadow. Ooh, that's crazy. The shadow man and talked to him for years. P.S. Fuck this cat. <laughs> yeah, um, kids are very susceptible to anything paranormal, any type of paranormal energy um, because they are pure, you know, and a lot of people... Once they lose that innocence, you don't see stuff anymore. You know, it, it's, it's, you can talk to, you know, majority of kids between the ages of, you know, three, four, five, and they will tell you, you know, that they, they see stuff or that they talk to somebody. I, I've, I've seen it happen. I, I've, I've, I used to work for, you know, when, when I was in high school, I was a latchkey coach and I was in charge of the little kids, you know, and the little kindergartners would come and talk to me and say that they were talking to so-and-so and that he was a janitor or something. And there was nobody there. Like it was just myself and the other coaches. There was never anybody else there, especially a janitor. Um, so it's just children because of their innocence can see a lot of stuff that we can't see. If you've had a near-death experience, you know, people that have had near-death experiences also can see, you know, a lot of stuff as well because you approached death. You know what I mean? So it opens that doorway to you being kind of like a beacon for ghosts and even sometimes demons, which sucks because I feel like with, with demons – it's um they've never been alive you know what i mean so they want what they can't have and it's just you know it's it's a shitty thing but it does happen sometimes so i'm gonna try to message mike right now let me see where he's at but how are you guys on this lovely friday night i know here in uh in corpus so where i'm at corpus Christi, texas we um we haven't had any hurricanes. We haven't had nothing. You know, it's just been a bunch of hot. It is hot down here. But while we're waiting for Mike, <clears throat> I'm going to go back to uh, what I was saying about, you know, the the hat man. So we're going to talk about shadow people right now. Uh, what is a shadow person? A shadow person, also known as a shadow figure, uh, shadow being or black mass, is the perception of a patch of a shadow as living humanoid figure and interpreted as the presence of a spirit or other entity by believers in the paranormal or supernatural. So like I said, if you've experienced sleep paralysis, you've probably seen a shadow person. You see something out the corner of your eye that's super dark. It's probably a shadow person. I know I saw a shadow person one time, um, and this wasn't a hat man entity. This was, I, I was walking home. Cause like I said, where I grew up, there was a three streets. My girlfriend lived at the very first, you know, she was like the third house from the beginning of the street. I lived towards the middle of the street. So I lived about six or seven houses down from her. And so I snuck over, of course, you know, as teenagers do, I snuck over to her house and it was about three o'clock in the morning and she, you know, let me out the back door and start walking down, you know, walking home and there's nobody out at three o'clock in the morning. Oh, there he is. There he is. Big, sexy, you ugly bastard. <laughs> 
ladies and gentlemen, please help me in welcoming my ugly host. I mean, my ugly guest, my ugly guest, the bald baby himself, Mike Salazar. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, man? Oh, you know, just here trying to keep people entertained with the spooky shit. Right on, right on. So what are we, what are we on now? So I was just telling a, a story about a, a shadow entity that I saw one time. So I, what I was saying was that I left my girlfriend's house. It was late. I want to say it was about three. Everything that has happened to me has happened at three o'clock in the morning. But we know that's when the veil's the weakest. But as a kid, you don't know that shit. So I'm walking yeah. down the street, you know, and I'm just walking, walking, walking. And I see somebody else coming from the opposite direction. Now, we didn't have spot, you know, street lights because, of course, we broke them all out, you know, as kids throwing rocks and shit at them. And so the street wasn't lit that well. So from the darkness, I do see somebody walking and they're walking and I'm walking. And so I stop. They stop. I keep walking, keep walking. And I get to a point where I should be able to make out features on this person. And I don't see anything. I do not see a goddamn thing. So my grandma's driveway and the neighbor's driveway are side by side, separated by a fence. The neighbors had just built a, uh, a carport. And so I get to the opposite side of the neighbor's lot and whatever was there, this person stopped. And so I started jogging. Cause I was like, what if it's somebody trying to like steal something from my grandma's house or from the neighbors? Yeah. So I started jogging. Now back then I was in better shape than I am now, you know? So yeah. <laughs> I start jogging, I start jogging to try to, you know, see, and it doesn't move. And as soon as I get, maybe, maybe about eight feet away from it, it boom, like the flash. Like, you know how, when you see like the flash in movies, it's just like a blur. That's what happened. It was just like, boom, like a black blur into the area where the carport is, but the carport was completely empty. And so when I got there and I looked, there was nothing there, like nothing, but I saw this shadow walk, stop, and then fucking bolt. Like, like the flash, it was fucking insane. After that, yeah. I never snuck out again. Never snuck out again after that. So, Mike, my What's fellow up? investigator from Dark Side Paranormal, we're bringing you on to uh, discuss, of course, paranormal. You know, so what? What has your experience with the paranormal been? Oh man, uh, I wish I could say it was like all positive and all like investigative and all this type of shit that everybody, you know, likes to hear. Uh, I started into it when I was really young, just going through shit, like at my grandparents or my mom's house or something, just, you know, seeing little things here and there. I didn't really start investigating as far as like actually going to locations for that purpose until like, uh, man, I want to say in the upwards of like eight years ago, uh, watching ghost shows on TV. And I was like, you know, I can do that. And uh, that's basically where I started. Uh, so, I mean, people always ask, like, well, what's the most haunted place you've been to? I don't like to, like, pinpoint too many locations, but I will say that uh, Sloss Furnace in Alabama was probably one of the most terrifying for me personally. And I don't get really too rattled often when I do them. I mean, that doesn't sound like all big shit or whatever. I'm just saying it doesn't really rattle me a lot when I do them, no matter what's going on. But that one was pretty spooky. Uh, you remember the salt? That's where the salt came from. Yes. So Mike has this little container of salt, little plastic container. It looks like a little paint, you know, like when you have like finger paints. He's got this little finger paint container of fucking salt from the Sloss Furnace. 
And when we go on investigations, he uses it as a trigger item. And yeah. I just get the creepiest vibes off of this damn salt. But we use it as a trigger item because it has a lot of energy with it. And you can feel it. Even if you don't know what it is, when you're around it, you can feel the energy. And it's just, it's fucking insane, you know? Yeah. You know, the whole backstory, long story short, I wish I had more time. But the long story short with the salt is in Sloth's Furnace, before I was able to actually go, they were having a lot of issues where they weren't letting investigators go because they were having a lot of people get scratched, a lot of people get hurt. Like it was a really dark time and they were just looking out for everybody's health and well-being. And they were like, you know what? We're going to hold off for a while. So by the time I, it came time for my time to go, they had just started letting people go. Yeah. So I participated in a ritual where they were attempting to keep a, what they believed to be a demonic entity encased in a ring of salt. And the only way to effectively remove it from the area, according to the people that were doing the ritual, was to distribute the salt into small capsules to the 20-something of us that were there and everybody take it home. The rest were going to be sent to different locations, people that wanted it. They just needed to get it away from each other. Uh, believe it or not, believe whatever you want. It doesn't matter what you really think about the paranormal or what you think about, like, you know, demons or dark energy, whatever you want to call it. This stuff is real. And uh, this salt, like Scuba was saying, it has an energy to it. I mean, uh, I've never opened it. I'm not supposed to. Uh, it has an energy to it. Even holding it in your hand, it's a little uh, uneasy feeling that goes about you. I haven't had anything happen to the salt. Uh, I have had the salt tip over on its own. Never open, but the little container, like Scuba's describing, I've had it tip over. I've had it move to different locations in my home. Uh, along with my other haunted collection that I have. So, yeah, like, you know, people always want to come off and say, like, I don't believe in that. That's bullshit. You know, you guys are fucking stupid, whatever you want to say. But you don't have to believe in this stuff for it to have an effect on you. I guarantee yep. you. Yep. And and that's the thing is, you know, there there are people that have never experienced anything. And you know what? And that's fine if you never have experienced anything. But too many people have for it just to be something made up. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. The, to, to the people that say, oh, well, you know, you're just wasting your time. You're going and sitting and talking in the dark, you know, with a broken radio like that meme we posted earlier, which was hilarious to us. You know what I mean? But <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's it's true. You know what I mean? With, with the amount of stuff that I've seen, with the amount of stuff that you've seen, with the amount of stuff other people have seen, like there's no way this stuff isn't real. You know, right. it, it, there's no way that when we die, that's it. None. No fucking way. You know, and if I'm wrong, hey, I'm wrong. If I'm not and I wake up in the Matrix, hey, fuck it, you know. But um, you did want to talk about why we don't take people on investigations with us, because we do have a lot of people asking us, hey, can I go with you? Can I go with you? Can I go with you? And, you know, we're not dicks. We, we, we don't want to be assholes, you know, but there are reasons why we don't take people with us. Yeah, man. I mean, and like Scuba said, 100% agree. It's nothing about like, oh my God, this is my thing. I don't want you to be a part of it. And I want everyone, I wish everyone could have some of the experiences, some that I've had with the paranormal or that we've had with the paranormal so they could see for themselves and get that experience. Now, some of the reasons why we don't accept everyone or we don't take anyone or, you know, if we do, it's to a certain location only. At times, uh, this stuff isn't anything to play around with. Uh, you know, putting it real straightforward to you. Uh, I know we just talked about, like, you don't have to believe in it and all that stuff. You really don't. I've had some 
very awful experiences with investigating the paranormal, where things have followed me home, things uh, have happened to me on investigations, and have happened to me for months after. And the core group that we have right now, uh, they've all had similar experiences, so it's something that they're already not used to, but they're already prepared for. If you've never had an experience like that, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, you don't want it. I guarantee you, you don't want it. It's one of the most traumatizing, awful things, especially if it's a dark entity. I've had plenty of like what I would call, you know, residual hauntings in my home or by my haunted collection or have followed me. Uh, those I don't mind because it's just basically like a repetitive motion, you know, like a movie playing over and over. It has no ill intention behind it. It's just something that happens. What I don't like is something darker. If you want to call it demonic, whatever your feelings are on that subject, that's up to you. Uh, it can take a toll on you. And I don't think people realize that when they're like, oh man, I want to go, you know, I want to go check out the courthouse. I'm going to go break in there. Cool. I mean, if that's your thing, man, you know, I don't recommend doing anything illegally or trespassing. But if you're prepared to accept those consequences, more power to you. I don't think it's not just just the the paranormal consequences, the the financial consequences. And that's the thing is when we go and do our our investigations, we get permission beforehand. You know, we're not just showing up to some random place and being like, oh, we're doing an investigation in there. No, you have to go through proper channels, you know, and we are working on trying to get into the County courthouse. If we're if we're allowed to go in. Hey, great. If not, then, hey, it's off. It's off limits. You know, there's nothing we can do about it. And. I think that's the thing that people don't get is they think they can buy equipment and they think that they can read a book and boom, they're paranormal investigators. That's not how it works. You know, you have to have had some kind of experience that actually fucked with you to be serious about this shit because, you know, we all have, you know what I mean? We all have that, that are in our group. We have had that shit that has fucked with us, you know, and that's why we are so passionate about what we do and our investigation, you know, even if it's, if it's a haunted apartment, we're going to take it serious. You know, we're going to treat every investigation the same because not one haunting isn't more important than the other. You know what I mean? So, but there are different levels to this shit and people don't realize that, you know, like if you go, if we take a volunteer to the Lexington, it's because the three of us have sat down and said, you know what, the chances of something awful or something negative coming out of the Lexington and following a guest, you know, that we've brought on to take responsibility for, they're pretty low. Now, yeah. going out to Martha Chapel Road, ton of people hitting us up like, oh, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go. I don't think, you know, and, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm sorry. And I'm not calling anyone, you know, they're scared or that they're not manly, whatever you want to call it. What I'm saying is you're you're not prepared for what could possibly happen by going in and with your one experience of watching ghost adventures, heading into something just because you like it. It's cool to like things. You know, I like horror movies. I like a lot of things, but if you're not really experienced, if you're not going to take it serious as it should be, in our opinion, uh, it's probably best that you do just watch or you do start smaller and start doing your own research and stuff like that. And that's what I was going to say, you know, can you read books and can you, yeah, that's, yeah, that's cool. Study up, but don't just think because you did a little bit of research, boom, you're a paranormal investigator. That's not how this works. Do your research, start small, 
you know, because you definitely don't want to go on an investigation and boom, demonic attachment. You know what I oh, mean? Because yeah. then, what are you going to do then? You know, yeah. like, and it's, it's happened. It's happened to many people. And, you know, and, and like you said, we don't want to be dicks. I don't want to be a dick to people. I would love to take groups of people to our investigations, but then you run along the, the issue that I thought we were going to have at the Lexington. If there's too many people, we're not going to catch any, anything, any evidence, you know, or it's going to be contaminated with people talking, you know, and I'm so glad that we got what we got on film and on audio at the Lexington because none of it was malevolent at all. You know what I mean? And it was like a movie plane. You know what I mean? It was all residual energy. And, you know, so I think for, a, for something like that, where there's already hundreds, if not thousands of people that walk through there daily, you know, it's not going to have an effect the way, you know, a haunting that takes place in like, a, you know, like the sanitarium, you know what I mean? That's a totally different vibe. That's a totally different feel. It's a totally different energy. You know, I wouldn't want to take an amateur, you know, to an abandoned hospital or abandoned, you know, because there are, there are pissed off spirits that are pissed off that they died and they're stuck there. In the hospital, you know what I mean? So, yeah, you know, the, another thing that is, uh, you know, another factor in why we don't take you. And again, this isn't against anyone personally. It, it really isn't, but like your entire, I don't even want to call it confidence. Tell me what the words, if I'm fumbling here, but like your whole demeanor on an investigation will really determine how it's going to go because yeah. spirits and things of that nature, they can sense that kind of thing. And if they can tell, you know, just like they do on TV, like, Oh, he's afraid. Let's send him over there. Yeah. The guy might be afraid, but the guy is experienced. If you're unexperienced and you're afraid and you're, you know, inside, no matter how you look on the outside, on the inside, you're like, I don't want to do this. I'm so afraid. You know, that's an easy, quick way to get yourself hurt uh, yeah. or to get something attached to you and have you followed home because they, you know, something's evil yearns for that kind of shit. You know what yep. I mean? And yep. it's not for everybody. You know, I, I wouldn't call myself, you know, scared. Uh, I don't think maybe in the entire time I've been doing this 10 times that I was actually kind of terrified of what was going on, but because it was an intense dark experience. It scared once. It caught him off guard. It caught him off it guard. Did. It caught him off guard. It was just, it was just, uh, what was it? What, what the hell was it? It was at the jail. You backed into something or something. And it, it, man, the look on his face was great. But luckily, yeah. it wasn't a spirit or nothing. It was just, it was the bunk. Yeah, that's what it was. He bumped into the bunk or something. And that, I have that footage. So it's, it's going in, it's going in the show. It's going to be hilarious. But, yeah. You know, and then, you know, to, to Scuba's point, though, I backed into the bunk. I thought something had grabbed me. And they did catch me off guard. I, I kind of got surprised, like, oh, shit. But later on in that same investigation, he and I both were in the top portion of that jail, and something physically grabbed my arm. And I had a different reaction because I knew immediately what it was. Something yeah. grabbed Scuba's shoulder right after that, and his reaction was the same. It was surprised but not fearful. He knew exactly what it was. It's an entirely yeah. different thing. It's really hard to explain unless you've been there, but... Yeah, uh, just, you know, because my time is running short on here, not that we don't want to take anyone with us, not that I wouldn't, like Scuba said, not that I wouldn't love to take all of you and be like, look, come see this for yourself. But yeah. one, these huge groups, you know, they're they're a waste of time, man. So if you ever get on to a thing where you're going to pay 50 bucks a person to go on a paranormal investigation and there's like a 100 of you there, chances are there's probably not going to be a lot of activity. 
And two, you don't know what you're messing with until you've been out there for a while, until you've done your research and you're prepared for those consequences. You know what I mean? That's just, that's just my thing. Yeah. And you know, and, and it's like with the ghost tours, you know, around Halloween time, we get all these ghost tours that, that start popping up and stuff. And you know, that's all fine and dandy, but if you're local, you know where most of the haunted spots are. You know what I mean? You don't need to pay somebody to go take you to Heritage Park because more than likely, that's where they're going to take you. They're going to take you to Heritage Park and they're going to tell you the history of the haunted houses that are there. But why pay somebody when you can just do the research yourself and go? Because I've never sensed anything at Heritage Park. If there is something there, it's not anything scary. You know what I mean? It's something that's going to attach itself to you. I've been in that place thousands of times and I've never had a bad vibe in that place. Now, I'm not saying somebody else won't go and have a bad experience, but that's that is an investigation that I would say amateurs could go to because For it sure. is a place it's like the Lexington. It is a place that is very well populated throughout the day. People go there every day, every night there's people there. You know what I mean? So it's not like something's gonna get stuck to you and follow you home. So but Mike, thank you for your time, man. I appreciate it, brother. I will see you tomorrow on our way to Martha Chapel Cemetery, uh, just south of Huntsville. We were, right we were kind on, of appreciate it, man. All right, man. I'll talk to you later, brother. Later. Later. So we we are like I said, we are doing an investigation tomorrow night. We are going to Martha Chapel Road or Martha Chapel Cemetery up uh, south of Huntsville. And like I said, if you guys want to read up on some spooky stuff. Look it up. It's um this is probably one of the most um pumped up I've been for an investigation just because of the amount of activity that is said to be had there. So, but like I said, hopefully nothing follows us back and we're good. So, let me jump into the chat real quick. Um do I think shadow people are evil? Uh Michelle, I it's hard to say whether shadow people are evil or not, because with my experience, am I scared? Yes. But I think what scares me is the fact that I can't move. I think that's what freaks me out the most is the fact that I can't move. Um, so I don't necessarily think that they are evil. Can they be? Yes. But I, I don't necessarily think that they are. Um, I've never seen anything where a shadow person like really, really fucks somebody up. So I, I'm not, I'm not too sure, honestly. Um, but in my personal opinion, I think they're just watchers. What they're watching, I have no idea. But uh, I don't, I don't think that they're evil. Let's see. Ben said, "Music hits, and you're here. The way you make me, what the fuck." Oh, what's up, Frankie Clayton? Frankie Clayton's here. Says the same people that say they don't believe. This is Ben said. The same people that don't say they don't believe are the same that start packing when they hear a bump in the night. Yeah, definitely. So let me give you a little another little side story before we get back into the hat, man. My upstairs neighbors never last. Okay. I've been living at this apartment for about five years now. My upstairs neighbors never last. I think the upstairs apartment is haunted. Now, the reason I think it does not come down is because I have blessed my home. I sage every time I have an investigation. I have Palo Santo. I have my, my, my crystals and my stones. And, you know, so we're very well protected here. Um, 
but the upstairs neighbors never last, never. And I remember the first time that, you know, we, we had moved in, we had been here for a few months and then upstairs neighbor, he tried to commit suicide. He said he would see things that they were talking to him. They were driving him crazy. So he tried to commit suicide and I heard a loud thud. I was like, what the hell was that? Went upstairs. We had to call the paramedics. Paramedics showed up or whatever. He had tried to commit suicide. The man did a couple of days, a couple of days later, they moved out and I saw them physically moving everything out. They told me by they had gotten everything out of the out of their apartment. And two nights later, my son and I are in the living room watching TV and we hear footsteps upstairs. And so I look at him. He looks at me. He's like, they moved out. And I was like, yeah, they fucking moved out. So we go and we walk upstairs and think maybe, you know, somebody is in there that shouldn't be in there. We try to open the door. The door's locked. So we come back downstairs. I told him to stay outside by the stairs just in case to see if anybody walks out. So I come inside. I start banging on the roof. No more footsteps. We sat in the living room listening to see if, because if they tiptoe, you can hear upstairs. These, these floors are so thin. You can hear tiptoes. If, if somebody walks, we didn't hear nothing after that. Nothing. So is it haunted? Possibly, but nobody ever sticks around. So let me get back to what I was talking about because we got way off topic there. Let's see. Let's see. What the hell was I talking about? I already talked about sleep paralysis, right? Yeah, I already said sleep paralysis. So so I will tell you that there is a scientific explanation for this phenomenon. Um, There are several physiological and psychological conditions that can account for reported experiences of shadowy shapes seeming alive. A sleep paralysis sufferer may perceive a shadowy or indistinct shape approaching them when they lie awake, paralyzed, and become increasingly alarmed. A person experiencing heightened emotion, such as while walking alone on a dark night, may incorrectly perceive a patch of shadow as an attacker. So basically what scientists think is that when we have sleep paralysis and our bodies can't move, but our eyes can, we're just seeing things that are in our room already and creating our own fear from it. Um, Many meth addicts report the appearance of shadow people. I don't know how true that is, but I've never done meth. I don't know. If you know somebody on meth, ask them if they've seen the hat man. All right. Oh, hell yeah, Matt. I am down, man. Let me know. Let me know. We can uh, work something out. Add Add me here on Facebook and we'll work something out, man. So um, let's see, psychiatrist Jack Potts suggests that methamphetamine usage adds a conspiracy component to the sleep deprivation hallucinations. So you do meth, you stay awake, you start seeing weird shit because you're sleep deprived. Um, Also, finally, visual hallucinations, such as those caused by schizophrenia and bipolar disorder, may appear to be shadowy figures at the edge of peripheral vision. So... If you suffer from schizophrenia or if you're bipolar, maybe that is why you see crazy shit when you have sleep paralysis or maybe it's something paranormal. That's for you to decide. I'm going to go with the paranormal. So my personal experiences with the hat man, it's not just been one time. Okay. So I did tell you guys about the first time when I was four years old, there was no sleep paralysis involved. I was wide awake. Um, the next time that I saw the hat man 
we had moved away from my grandparents' house. We lived um, here in Corpus still off of a street, one of the main streets here in Corpus, Leopard Street. Um, and a side street to that is Omaha Street, and that's in the hood. We lived in a duplex there. I was probably about seven or eight years old. Um, and my, well, no, I was probably younger because my brother and sister were still in the crib. My brother and sister are what we call Mexican twins. They're not really twins, but they're only about nine months apart. There are Mexican twins. I can say that. It's cool. So they were still in their crib. I had my own bed by the window and my mom and dad had their bed. My dad was working. He worked out of town as a swamper in the oil field. And um, I hear whistling. Like I said, 80s. We had the windows open. You know, that's that's how we lived back then. You know, we didn't we weren't worried about much, even though even living in the hood, we still slept with the windows open. Um, but there was a little alleyway by my window that led to, you know, the, the little back trail that was there. And I heard whistling. Somebody was whistling. <whistles> Just like that. I remember the tune and everything. You asked me this story three months from now. I will give you the same tune. You ask any of my friends that I've told this story to, they will give you the same tune that I just gave you because that is what I heard and I still remember it to this day. So I'm facing with my back to the window. I hear the whistle and I'm like, what the fuck? So I turn around and I look out the window and what do I see? Hat, trench coat, pitch black. But there was a, there was a light in the alleyway, a little street light in the alleyway. So I should have been able to see facial features and I did not. The only new thing that I did see when I saw him this time, he had a tail and his tail was moving back and forth and he was just standing there. Arms at his side, just standing there. Same black shadowy figure that I saw a few years before. It gets quiet and I feel like I can't hear anything. Like it's just so damn dead silent. I can't hear my brother's bottle. I can't hear the clocks ticking in the house. I don't hear anything. It is dead silent. He turns around, walks away, <whistles> whistles, and his tail goes back and forth. I close my eyes, open them. He's gone. I wasn't experiencing sleep paralysis. I was able to turn. I was able to move. There was no sleep paralysis involved. It was not a dream. I woke my mom up and I told her what happened. She told me to go back to sleep. It was just my imagination. Then the, I hadn't seen him for a long time. A long time. I was about 17 years old the next time that I saw him. <clears throat> Started going to church. Um, me and a bunch of friends, you know, we would stay at our friend Javi's house and we would go to church with them on Sundays. My cousin Eric would be with us. And we that's that was our Sunday, you know, ritual. We'd go over Saturday night, spend the night, go to church. And I had the probably the worst bout of sleep paralysis that I have ever had there in their guest bedroom at 17 years of age. And I saw the hat man again. He stood in the corner of the room, but this time things were moving in the room. Like I could physically see things moving in the room. Um, and he just stood there. He just stood there, but I had the worst fear 
that I had ever had because it was the first time that I saw him with the sleep paralysis and it was horrifying. I couldn't move. I couldn't talk. And I remember I was trying so hard to just scream just to get something out so that somebody could hear me. Somebody could come in and it, it just didn't happen. Nobody showed up. Nobody came in and it just, it scared the living shit out of me. So finally I was able to move my pinky. And when I moved my pinky, I, I had my eyes closed and finally I moved my pinky. I opened my eyes and there was nothing wrong in the room. There was nothing out of place. There was nobody standing in the room. But the next day when I woke up, I told, you know, Javi's parents what happened, told them what, what happened over breakfast. And it, it, you know, they prayed for me, you know, that that's all they, that they could do. And I didn't see it again until this year, a few months ago, actually, I watched the hat man documentary on Amazon. And that night I had sleep paralysis and I did see him and I was able to move because I now can make myself get out of sleep paralysis. I have trained myself to move because when I do sleep, like I said, when I sleep on my back, I have sleep paralysis. And there's times where I just pass out and I'm on my back and I wake up and I'm like, fuck, fuck, move, move. And I'll move my pinky and boom, I'm out of it. You know, so from the age of 17 to now, I'm 38. I have trained myself to break out of sleep paralysis. And I saw him and he was standing there. And this time I saw his eyes, his eyes were glowing. I was able to move. I moved my pinky. And as soon as I moved my pinky, I reached over, I grabbed my phone and I snapped a photo. Now, I wish I would have sent it to TJ to post the photo up so that you could have seen it because I do have the photo of two glowing eyes. There was nothing in that spot that should be glowing at all. And you see nothing but darkness around it. I will post it on Facebook for you guys later on. Um, but I did, I did post it up the night that it happened and everybody was like, Oh, see, it's because you were talking about the hat man, you, this and that, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, that's probably, you know, probably why, but it is something that I saw and it is something that I'm very, very familiar with, you know? So, Oh, what's up, Joseph? How you doing, brother? You're doing good. Uh, you missed a bunch of stuff, man. You missed so much. You're going to have to go back and watch it again and share it for your friends to watch. So there also has been Hatman in the media. Uh, there's been various bl uh, blogs, YouTube videos, um, and most notably the Amazon Prime uh, documentary that's on there. Um, I don't remember what it's called, and I'm going to kick myself for not putting that in my notes because it is a really good watch if you guys want to want to learn more about the hat man just get on uh amazon prime type in hat man it'll be the first one that pops up it's a documentary um it kind of killed it for me towards the end because the people that were talking said that's you know that they saw his face and he was smiling and i that kind of killed it for me because i never experienced that so i'll send it to you tyler uh i did post it on facebook so i'll find it and i'll send it to you um, but like I said, there's been various things that, that even shadow people have been in. There's a uh, shadow man featured prominently in the 2007 novel, John dies at the end. Um, 
The 2013 horror film Shadow People depicts a fictional sleep study conducted during the 1970s in which patients report seeing shadowy intruders before they die in their sleep. In 2012's episode of A&E's Intervention, the subject Skylar is plagued by shadow people, sometimes called phase people, and uh, sprays a mist to unveil them in the refractions. He also builds weapons to fight them and alleges that they are using stolen technology to telepathically communicate with certain individuals. Now, in a situation like that, you know, if somebody came up to me, okay, well, you know, yeah, that's that's very interesting. But what psychological issues did this man have? You know, because that is a contributing factor. So I I wouldn't say I would believe him right away, but there is some truth to all of everything that they said that he experienced. Um, there's also a game. There's a game called Deep Sleep, uh, and it has several sequels. Uh, shadow people have existed since the dawn of the human race and lurk in lucid dreams. So if you want to play a game, I don't know what system it's on. It's probably on PC. Download it, play it. You might like it. There's also an episode of the 1985 Twilight Zone series called The Shadow Man. It dealt with a teenage boy who had a shadow person living under his bed. The episode portrayed the shadow man as fitting the hat man appearance commonly described to shadow people and notably added to the shadow people mythology that shadow people can kill human beings, but will not harm those whose beds they live under. I've never heard that. I can't say that's here nor there. Um, but the, uh, the, the, the shadow man that I saw and the shadow entities that I've seen, they've just watched. They've never physically attacked me. Um, and, and it, it just blows my mind the amount of people that have seen this entity because it's worldwide. Like I keep saying, it's not just, local it's not just you know a circle of friends this is something that has been around for ages and the very very first time that i even knew anybody had seen the hat man other than me i was probably tw i was 20 something in my 20s it was when facebook first was around i was an admin on a page called corpus christi paranormal stories and people would send in our, you know, send in their scary stories and we would just repost them so that people could read them and comment on them. And I got a message from a lady saying that her son had seen something in his room. He drew a picture of it. He said that the man just stood there and watched. And she sent the picture. And when she sent the picture, I got chills up and down my spine because the picture that she sent me was the typical picture of the hat man that everyone has you know that I had seen up until that time. And so I posted it because I did not even know this thing had a name. I had no idea. I had no earthly idea that other people had seen this. Of course, I have told my friends this story before, but they didn't, you know, they, they, none of them said, Oh yeah, I've seen the same thing, whatever. But seeing that just freaked me out. So I posted it immediately. And as soon as I did, people start commenting, oh, that's the hat man. That's the hat man. That's the hat man. So I go and I look up hat man and I'm like, holy shit. Like my mind was blown knowing that I was not the only person that has seen this, knowing that I'm not the only person that this thing has affected. And it's just, it's, it's just crazy that so many people have experienced it. And that's why I wanted it to be my first topic of somewhat supernatural because 
I'm not going to sit here and tell you, yes, it is real. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, no, it's fake. That's up for you to decide. Is it fake or is it somewhat supernatural? That's for you to decide. If you're not a believer, hey, that's great. If you are a believer, hey, I'm right there with you. So once again, you guys, I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, and thank TJ once again for helping me get this show off the ground. And it's it's been great talking to you guys. Um, I went a little over the time that I wanted to do. I was gonna, you know, strictly stick to an hour of talking, but I, I really love this, guys. And um, once again, thank you guys so much for joining me on the very first Somewhat Supernatural right here on the Project La Project Louder Network. And thank you to my fair, my my fellow paranormal investigator, Mike from Darkside Paranormal. And uh, you guys, be sure to add us on Facebook. We're Darkside, Darkside spelled like the Superman character. D-A-R-K-S-E-I-D, Paranormal Society, um, Corpus Christi. So be sure to add us. You know, we, we post, you know, legends and stories and stuff all the time every day. So... And like I said, our, you, you can keep tabs on, you know, where our next investigation is going to be. And if you guys have any ideas for investigations, we don't ever charge anything. If you run into paranormal investigators that charge you, stay clear. Paranormal investigators, real paranormal investigators do not charge you to do an investigation. We will travel. We'll be more than happy to travel. If you guys have something that you feel we should and help investigate, um, we can do cleansings, whatever. Whatever you guys need, we're, we're ready to help. So um, doesn't matter where you are in the United States. We will travel to you if we have to. Uh, we'll work it out on our schedule. So once again, guys, I want to say thank you so much for joining me on my first episode of Somewhat Supernatural. Be back in two weeks. Two weeks from tonight, I will have the second episode of Somewhat Supernatural. And we'll see what special guests we have coming on. Stay spooky, guys. I'll see you all later. <laughs> nice. Very nice. <laughs>